Hey guys, it's Chrissy and Carrie, and we are Status Macabre. Welcome to a Saturday when we're all well now. Yes. Yeah, we apologize for last week. I was going to put something out there recording so that, you know, we we were not um, well. So uh, we had to skip last Sunday. But we're all better. We're all better now. And we're back. Everybody's feeling good. And hey, drink of the day since yes. some of us haven't had many drinks, I know, hard to believe, is mimosas. It's mimosa and macabre. There you go. Yeah, that was on our Facebook page. Yep, I took a picture of um, uh, my my desktop with our mimosas and the booze bandage, which we both have one on right now. Yes. Hooray, booze bandage. Correct. I know, I'm, uh, I haven't had a lot. I did last night, though. I did. I went to Ikea. And got a um, Where, I, Char- Charlotte Ikea? Or? Yeah, because that's the only one. That's the closest one, right? Yeah, I sure as hell I'm not going to well, it. I didn't know, like, because you would know before I would if there yeah. was, like, an Ikea in Augusta or oh, yeah, yeah, somewhere no. local. I wish. I fucking hate an Ikea. It's like a, it's like a damn casino. There's no it's windows. Awesome. There's no clocks. I love it. You're never getting out. I love it. So, yeah, I went to Ikea to get Catherine a new dresser because... She's. A I'm so used to saying brat number three. I went, who the fuck is Catherine? She's brat number three. Yeah, I had to get her a new dresser because she's a disaster. And so she fingernail polish on it. Like, really? It, it, oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, and it was falling apart because it was like my old one from like a decade ago. Oh, okay. So, you know, I don't give my kids good furniture because they're just going to tear that shit up. Yeah, you don't give kids anything that's good because they're no. going to tear it up. Hell no. And then, and, then, and then when they're old enough to buy their stuff, they guess when they start getting the good stuff. Exactly. Yep. So uh, we did buy a new couch. Though, oh, did you? What did you do with the old one? Last week. What did you do with the old one? Oh, I'm going to keep it. Okay. I'm going to keep it. Oh, that's right. I'm oh, I'm sorry. You're going to need it for the for the for the right wing of your fucking mansion. <laughs> exactly. So, we did get a new couch at Haverty's, which I'm uber excited about. But we won't get it until September because of COVID. I know Charles bought so um, sick of it. Charles bought a couch and I haven't even seen it and it's like a 6 month or 7 month. Isn't it nuts? And and he it's been on order for yep, 2-3 months now. Yep. Yep, everywhere. It's it's everywhere. It's because people don't want to go to work. Shipments. I don't, you know what? I, I got people, get your acts together. Go get vaccinated or stay or home. Or go back to work. Or go back to work. Thank you. Because I think McMaster's has said he's not shutting. No, we don't. No, thank you. We live in an awesome he's state. Us down again. No, uh, we live in an awesome state. And you know what? It's, I, I, everybody's got their own reasons for not getting vaccinated or whatever, but. The more that this spreads, you know, people are I've heard, gonna start shutting down again. Yeah, and I don't want to get too much into it, but I have I'll say this one one last thing. And I don't know if this is true because sixty percent of all statistics are fucking wrong. Right. And you can't really believe, I don't think, much of what the media says. So you gotta do a little bit of research. Sure. But I heard that um, they're pushing for enough for more shutdowns in states. Like, yeah, they oh are. Oh my god. Absolutely because people aren't getting vaccinated and people are getting sick 
and you know they're ending up in the hospital i you know icu beds are slowly becoming um non-existent um south carolina the capacity for um icu beds are they're at capacity right now oh really yeah and it's you know if you if you've had covid you know i hope you're okay now and everything's better but you know it's I would recommend getting vaccinated, but that's just me. Yes, that is just you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Gary and I are in opposite ends here. I but just, I yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how things go. We'll, we'll see. But anyway, but I'm 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 isolating. Yeah, I work at home. Yeah, me and my yeah my dog. By the way, um, I on a whim went out and bought. An air tag. I'm changing, completely changing the subjects. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's an Apple air tag. Yep. And it's a little bit bigger than this than a quarter. It looks like a big fat button. And um, I put it on my dog. So anywhere my dog goes, he's <laughs> anywhere got a puppy goes, we know where he's at. Right. And so I'm just. It's super cool. People normally put it like on their keys or a book sack or back sack or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah. I don't know what people lose. Like I couldn't. I don't know what I would. Well, it's put that to on. me, it's my dog. I would lose. I know, but it, to me, it's crazy. Like you totally track somebody. Yeah, that's awful. I mean, I mean and you know what, you Dear guys? God, it's I terrifying. Mean, you, you guys, you know what? Hey, hey, whoo! So guess what's happening in my brain right now? For all of you suspicious spouses, toss one of those fuckers in the trunk of a car. Right, and, and then there you go. And you don't have you don't have to you don't have to creep on somebody's phone to download it. No, no, you get you get the app on your phone. And then you track wherever that person, person is, is going. going. Yep. Oh, man. Open it's, up a can there. You guys, let us know how that works out for you. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> You're going to have like 17,000 emails. <gasps> awesome. I love it. We're going to split up our marriage. And we'll, <laughs> and we'll, have, a, we'll have a whole episode. Of, about, of people and where did they go. Yes. Yes. You guys send them to us and we'll have an hour episode. I'm not joking. That would be awesome. I live for that shit. I don't like a lot of drama. I don't like drama in my world. I was gonna say I love drama in your world. Because you can ask Chrissy. I'll drop. I'll drop a bitch. Like oh, there's drama. But I don't want to be in it. But I want to hear about it. Know about it. I just want to hear all about it. (laughs) Keep my circle small, you guys. Keep my circle small. Oh, jeez. So, so, um, good times. Good times, yeah. So let's get down to business. Charleston Beer Week. I think we mentioned it in our last podcast. So we are sponsors. Yeah. And Charleston Beer Week is October 29th through November uh, 7th. 7th. Of this year. And you guys, it's going to be a jam-packed week. A week. And they're going to have events. I'll be down there for the week. Chrissy, I think, will kind of maybe pop in and out as she can. Um, and I'm super excited about it. If you guys happen to see a Charleston Beer Week poster or stickers, look for our logo because we'll be... Yep. We are a proud supporter. And you go to their website. And we are out there. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We're, we're definitely we're definitely sponsors, so we're super excited and hope to to maybe see folks there. Absolutely. Get our name out a little bit more, get a little more likes, a little more follows. Yeah, I'm excited. A little more hate, a little more love, whatever. A little more hate. <laughs> I like how you put it. I mean, some attention is, you know, any attention is I mean, good. how does it go? I mean, you don't you don't like us, okay, but watch your mouth. So. Right. <laughs> okay, so 
So we're gonna start um, a pickup on episode two of Joseph Maybe Sloppy like Joe. I can't get that out of my head. I know because it's awesome. It's <laughs> but ter- you guys terrible, terrible guy. Yeah, this guy's a piece of shit. Him and everybody he's associated with, and and I think even his family too. I'm gonna go ahead and say his family because his family's pieces of shit. Yeah, I mean they hit him. They they. <gasps> oh, okay. Well, oh, we you guys got, don't know that yet. We don't. We haven't gotten there that Whoopsie far. Daisy. Thanks for you know Aww. letting the cat out of the bag. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Okay, so Joseph Mengele, and if you guys hear me sipping, I am drinking my mimosa, which will kick in in like 10 minutes. <laughs> Just here. don't make that sloppy sip. I hate that. Yeah, I cannot stand that. I almost spit my mimosa out. Okay, you guys, Joseph Mengele. Just a quick recap. Uh, maybe not quick, because I want to make sure you guys fully, fully understand, have an opportunity to percolate on how shitty and terrible of a person this guy is, was also known as the angel of death. He was the notorious Nazi doctor who practiced at, uh, the Auschwitz concentration camp during world war two. And of course, Auschwitz was the most notorious, most horrible of the concentration camps during world war two. And there were over a million innocent people that were murdered at the, at the camp and that was located in Southern Poland. And the primary purpose for this camp was mass sterilization. That was it. The primary purpose was to, you you come in and you are killed, or you come in, I'm sorry, murdered, or you come in and you're put to work until you die because they worked you like a mule. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Worked you like a mule. (laughs) I was trying to think of whatever worked really, really bad. A horse, a mule, elephants, right? They they beat the shit out of elephants in in some places, which is terrible. So maybe they They work them like, oh, you haven't seen those videos? No, I live in a very, very, very sheltered world. So it's funny because because you're sheltered in a way and I'm sheltered in a way. (laughs) Like, I'm like, Ikea? Where's Ikea? (laughs) And you're like, they torture elephants? (laughs) Where? We make a great team. We really do. Really do. We do have sometimes people are like, are you guys sisters? Because we literally will argue with each other in front of people and they're like, what the fuck is going on? And I think Ryan was like, they did this all the time. But one yeah, time we were I, out. Just ignore them. I think he calls us sisters, doesn't he? He do. Your sister called. Yeah. <laughs> um, Joseph was born... <clears throat> In, um, on March 16th, uh, 1911, in Germany, was the oldest of three siblings. Of course, they were all boys. I think he had a, his mother, his parents had a stillborn child before right, he was that's born. Right. right. Weren't they, they were Catholics. Yeah, they were Correct. Catholic. Okay, they were, they were very pretty, pretty rigid, pretty rigid Catholics, Christians, okay. right? Yep. Uh, he earned his PhD in physical anthropology from the University of Munich in 1935. And of course, that's when we talked about in our, during our last episode that, that his love, I don't want to say, you know, his interest in becoming a Nazi started to that's sprout. That's right. That's because right. I said big lights attract assholes, right? Yeah. And and that was when Hitler was uh, going around and doing his speeches and about how yeah the the Nazi party was forming yeah. and I, well I don't think that's right I think it had Aryan already formed race, yeah the, so all that kind of bullshit yeah um so Joseph goes through uh, college gets his PhD he applies for a position at Auschwitz he <laughs> that's right remember, yeah he filled like, out the application wow, really. <laughs> I'm, I'm, interest, I'm interested. I'm interested. Your weight. 
I'm interested in a job at Auschwitz. Here's your application. <laughs> Sorry, this one's only been posted for internal. <laughs> We're only promoting from within, but give us your resume. We'll keep it for six months. <laughs> Fucked up. And Auschwitz was an enormous is. It's still, I I think I would love to go and, and tour I, it. I totally want to go. I think it go. would be emotional, though. I would probably cry. Yeah, I would probably cry. I know, but I don't tell anyone. Yeah, I yeah. I totally want to go, though. Auschwitz was an enormous complex, um, and if it had not been built for torture and murder, it would have been admired. We talked about how they had several libraries, <laughs> the soccer stadium, theaters, swimming pools, brothels and gas chambers i i I, yeah i'm still um amazed that they had a soccer stadium in there i'm I'm amazed that they had brothels (laughs) i mean i guess murderers need love too right i mean right (laughs) it's i mean it makes perfect sense right you got every uh, libraries uh, I, I, they got to look up how to theaters I, and what kind of theater like like for play state like for plays I thought you said PlayStation I was, no, like, I was gonna say play stages but I plays well, slash stages. well yeah the opera's got to perform somewhere I mean it's it's terrible it was um it was patrolled by armed guards dogs they had five crematoriums they had several gas chambers and of course, I believe I mentioned this the, on the last episode that on a clear day you could see the smoke from the camp for over thirty miles. Can you imagine the smell? No. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, nope. I bet you come like within two hundred miles of this place, and I bet it just reeks of death. I'd write a letter. I'd be complaining. Hey, <laughs> anonymous letter. Tone it down. <laughs> it's a letter could to you keep the killing to a minimum, please. Right. It's terrible. <laughs> Um, Joseph took a very special interest in, in twins, especially children, right? But he would take any set. Um, twins weren't his only obsession. He was interested in, in any, anything that was considered a unique hereditary trait, such as dwarfism, giant. You know what I can't get out of my head right now is, is the double mint commercial (laughs) of the twins. Okay, why? I, don't I mean, it, I, I, I'm with you. I'm wondering I'm not if, he with was, you. if he had access to that commercial, he'd be like on the edge of his seat going, oh my God, oh my God. And then just replaying it over and over again. Chrissy, Chrissy took it to a weird level. I'm sorry. I get it from my husband. One, two, three. Thanks, things. Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I've had this like whole dialogue in my head and he's sitting there naked and, or, you know, a pair of white underwear. Oh, that's creepy, right? Like, I wonder if he masturbated. Double mint commercial. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. That's where I went. I can't help it. I'm a deviant. <laughs> so, and now I'm I'm sitting here. I know now I'm you're like, like staring your flame. I'm like the look yeah. of my eyes. I'm like wow. And he's like ooh double mint. <laughs> you said sitting on his bed naked. <laughs> In his white tighties. I, I just jumped right off the cliff with that one. Like boop, there we go. <laughs> okay, so moving right along. My bad. Um, and of course, the twins uh, got special treatment. Right, they got to keep their hair. They got extra food rations. Uh, they got. Gum clothing. They got their double mint gum. Um, they were spared the, the beatings and the forced labor when they, you know, did the random selections. However, they were still a part of Joseph's deadly, you know, his, his, ex, his experiments. Right. And we talked about, and I don't know why I'm chuckling because it's terrible, but he had a infatuation with the eyes. He wanted, Oh yeah, that's right. right. That's right. That's right. So he would 
in an effort to turn children. Think, I mean, children. I'm sure adults too. Um, He would put drops in their eyes, or he would inject them with with chemicals to try to change the color. That's so nasty. It caused clearly severe pain, infection, temporary or permanent blindness. He also injected twins and you know other people with unknown substances that caused severe pain. Uh, he did spinal taps and injections with no anesthesia. And I don't know if you guys have ever had a spinal tap. I have that needle that they put in your. It's it's it's. it's not, I didn't know you had a spinal tap. I had oh. a spinal meningitis when I was young. Holy crap! Um, and yeah, so it's it's just not. Oh my god, that's painful. Yeah, it's. He would also inject these poor people with typhoid, tuberculosis, anything. Just think about the shittiest, terrible thing that you could have at that time. Right. He also, they had an outbreak of uh, typhoid, I think, and then he went in and just killed everybody. Oh, God. Uh, Not just the prisoners. Sure, sure, sure. He performed surgeries without anesthesia. You know, these included organ removal, castration, amputation, sex changes. So awful. He also had an odd infatuation with Siamese twins and would often try to stitch or sew people together. This guy was just a, a piece of shit, you guys. He's just crazy. I, I can't get past the Siamese twin thing. That's just fucked up. I know. We're not going there. I'm not. I'll shut up. <laughs> I promise I won't say a word about it. And for the... <laughs> I love her to death, you guys. I promise. Like, I would, I would smack anybody in the face that tried to fuck with her. I'm going to fuck with her, though. (laughs) And for the twins that died due to the the experiments that he was that he was performing on them, Joseph wasted no time in killing the other twin. And ultimately, his preferred method was to penetrate the heart with a needle and inject chloroform or, or phenol. And it would immediately coagulate. The, the blood and, and cause pretty much instant death, which was probably a blessing, which is terrible to say. But I mean, I've, I've seen documentaries where people were in so much pain that death was welcome. I don't know what that's like. And I can't imagine that right. these people weren't <clears throat> feeling that. He impregnated one girl with the sperm of another twin pampered her during her pregnancy, attended the birth himself. And then when he realized, he thought that if he impregnated a twin sperm and ovum, that they would automatically produce twins twins or -hmm. some sort of multiples. Right. But during the birth, when he realized that there was one baby and not twins, remember he grabbed the baby, ripped it out of her, which I... I can't imagine Partial partial delivery yanking a baby out mm-hmm. and then um throws it in the oven and walks away i cannot i mean the the fact that you're able to do that is you just got chill bumps and that there was an actual witness so there was by the time this was uh documented or mm-hmm. recorded that was out of an actual witness's mouth so this isn't something that was hearsay hearsay mm-hmm. <clears throat> um he deliberately wouldn't feed babies to see how long that they could, you know, to see how long they could survive. Remember the one woman who gave birth and he immediately taped up her breast. Oh she yeah. She couldn't. Milk, yeah. And she ended up killing her own child. It, it was out so of mercy close to death and killing it out of mercy. I mean, just 
just terrible. They, yeah. you know, they watched workers at Auschwitz watched and even prisoners watch soldiers kill babies by oh, crushing their skulls with the butts of guns or stepping on them. Just that's what they use the soccer stadium for. Or maybe or maybe the stage. It took a turn. <laughs> maybe I was the not stage. ready for that. Look, I got to find some humor here or I'm going <laughs> to slice my wrist. This is awful. So, so my point is, you guys, and I think you've picked up on it, terrible guy for the better part of World War II. He, he caused panic, d- grief. You know, he murdered tons of people, millions probably. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely thousands, thousands, hundreds right. of thousands. But by the end of World War II, Auschwitz was about to be overthrown by the Russian Red Army. And when that happened, Mengele, Joseph, he wasted no time in trading in his officer uniform for German army uniform. And this allowed him to disappear very quickly in the chaos um, during that time. Ger- Germany was very much divided at that time. <clears throat> and they had various zones that were um, allied military controlled. So Joseph winds up in U.S. custody as a prisoner of war for about six weeks and was released in the summer of 1945. So based on witness testimony, and they did find some auto autobiographical, did I say that right? Yeah. Writings of, you know, that Joseph himself wrote. Here's what we know. This is a little bit fragmented, but <clears throat> it was a pretty big obstacle for the research that I did, right. which I started way Right before, I mean, I did, I did a ton of research, but this this guy, it's just it's so much, yeah, so much. So he appears at a German military field hospital in Saas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the head of this unit happened to be an old friend of Joseph and had worked with him prior to the war. And at Joseph's request, he asked his old friend for permission to join the team, and of course, it was granted. Mm-hmm. I have no insight into what that looked like, other than. You know, he had a friend doctor who put in a good word for him, and he ended up... In a hospital. In a German military field Mm -hmm. hospital. As a prisoner of war, but working. Okay, I was going to say, so what was his job? He was working in the hospital, so I'm assuming he was doing some doctor stuff. Okay. That's the only thing I got. Some doctor stuff. Some doctor stuff. He could be poking people or, you know, doing... He wasn't... I will say this, you guys... The only mildly not terrible thing Mm -hmm. to his credit is before Auschwitz and after Auschwitz. There's no record of him murdering Murdering people. So the camp, this camp moved around stopping at places that were unoccupied by allied powers. Right. And somehow during all of this confusion, Mengele and his old buddy get separated and when this happens, Mengele doesn't really know anyone, right? So while, he, while this field hospital was moving, trying to avoid, you know, the U.S. Army as well as the Red Army, an American officer contacted the unit and said, essentially, hey, no harm's going to come to you guys. We need you to stay where you're at. We're, you know, we're done. We're, so they know that they're there. They're trying to collect this mm-hmm. camp that's moving around. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Joseph and others ended up staying at the encampment for about six weeks. So the U.S. Army comes in, they essentially take over, and now there is all these prisoners of war. 
And the U.S. was kind of like, don't worry about it. We're not going to hurt you. Right. <clears throat> we feel like maybe you were forced to. Right. Be in the army. Right. So they don't. They don't have. They don't have a list at this time of mm-hmm. of a wanted list mm-hmm. of notorious anybody. Right. Okay. The U.S. Army is there to collect people, and then mm-hmm. they're going to start systematically, right, looking into who they are. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Were. Okay. You know, at a high level, they understand if you were, uh, I'm just going to, like, if you were a soldier. Right. right. Mm-hmm. If you weren't a part of the SS, good. Here's whatever. Yep, yep, yep. Dollars and some well, I mean, he bag. had a tattoo, though. <clears throat> no, we're not there yet, but no, he doesn't. Oh, I thought that he had gotten the SS. He did not. Okay. I thought so, too, which was really interesting. Okay, but anyway. All right, I'm sorry. I skipped So, ahead. no, no, no. So, now, keep in mind... Um, Mangale had gotten rid of any ID papers that he had. Okay. So it's not like, you know, you can take a picture and your picture's all over the social right, media right, or right. whatever. The only form of identification that they had in the 30s or 40s, was right? Was the ID card. Was papers. Yeah. And and Mangale traded, Joseph traded his outfit, his officer outfit, for a, a soldier's uniform. So he fit in. As a um, okay, so they really didn't know who, and and to the extent of his havoc, like what the shit that he yeah, and and all of this is kind of you know gotcha. They're okay. investigating. So and then at this point, the only other person that had recognized him, he was split from, mm-hmm. right? And like I said, he was dressed as a a German army soldier, and was there for about six weeks. So after the six weeks, they were ordered by the Americans to move into an American zone, right? So they kind of halted their movement mm-hmm. stay where you are and then they they absorb them into an american zone and joseph was also not using his actual name he had many aliases so when you think about like this picture really starts to form of and you guys are going to be shocked as we go through this right of how he could escape capture just and, through the crap crap yeah. so easily and it is believed that the field hospital personnel uh, was not communicating very well to the Americans, right? So the Americans were there. Most, uh, a lot of them didn't speak German. So they were relying on some of the German soldiers to help to them out. To translate. Uh, mm-hmm. Gotcha. And a gentleman by the name of Ullman, a doctor that at times took roll call, would later recall that Joseph used at least four different aliases. So today I'm Joe. Uh, tomorrow I'm Bob and then Fred and uh, today I'm Nancy. <laughs> like, Identify as Nancy now. Right. Like what coward, the coward to the, yeah, to the core, to the core. Yeah. Because you know what? If you're going to do something like this, own up to it. Well, and it seems like you were proud of doing it. He was very proud. Whenever and and so a, stand your ground. He's a, weak, yes, I sewed people together. He's a weak <laughs> coward. And, yeah. and I can't. I can't mm. think of a of a of a worse worse yeah parasite so after Ugh. this <laughs> parasite there you go after the camp settled in the American zone Ullman, uh Mangalay and his old friend Collar were reunited so mm-hmm. the the friend that right. got okay. in this position and they got separated well they're all back together now okay um, and this would have been about mid mid June 1945 and at this time while Americans are trying to identify who um, who is who, Joseph has the following in his corner, right? So we already talked about how he didn't have his ID papers and how easy it was to get rid of it and just use these aliases. Right, to avoid being caught. Right, and it's more likely than not that he threw them away to avoid capture, although we, sure. we don't know for sure. 
I'm speculating, but I'm pretty sure I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Right. He was he was giving different aliases, and like I said, very easy to do when you don't have an ID. And he did not have that uh, typical blood type or SS tattoo. When um, blood type. Oh, they that's right. Because they. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. So the blood type tattoo, which was very common knowledge, that most SS men had this tattoo, and it was tattoos that were given to men just under the left arm. And they were supposed to be mandatory, and they were given by the medical staff. Well, uh, he was part of the medical staff, yeah. so he just didn't get one. And so, and it actually, they said, even though they were mandatory, that there were several, several members of the SS party that didn't have the tattoo. So, what do you think? The you think they strategically were like, all right, this shit's gonna blow up one day. I'm going to be the my worst behavior here and do what I want and wreak havoc, kill people, and not get this tattoo because I can be later identified. You think that they had the forethought to do that? Or that, it just maybe didn't... I don't know. I, don't, I just don't want didn't show up body. for tattoo day. I feel, like, I feel like there could be that. Like, fuck it, I don't want to do it. Yeah. But for me, like, in my mind, I'd be like, I'm not doing that shit because I will... I know I'm doing some dirty deeds, right? Sure. I know. Fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't do it for that reason. But I think like that. Not everybody sure, sure. does. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know that I'm, I'm not very strategic. So I don't know. Do you think that... Or here, let I me, mean, it would cover my tracks. Scene. Absolutely. But <laughs> see. So, Chrissy, you are killing people, murdering people, cutting people up without... And so you're doing all these terrible things. Do you think you would let somebody, or especially if you're in control, put an SS tattoo on you so you are easily identifiable if some shit blows up ever? No, that's what... I mean... That's where my mind goes. I think the first thing you said, absolutely. But in my head, if I'm thinking, you know, we're going to have this master race and I'm going to win the war and it's not going to matter, I'm going to think half glass full, sure, put that shit on me. And I'm like, <laughs> not thinking, I'm just saying, I don't know that I would have... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I would like to think that I'd be like, yeah, I don't, you're not putting that shit on me. But I mean, how many times we, I'm envisioning Chrissy with an SS tattoo on her arm right now. (laughs) I've tried to cover it up. (laughs) But no, I I thought about it too. And and in my mind, I think 100%, -hmm. I'm not putting that shit on me, especially if I owned that. So do we know what this tattoo looks like? Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's just SS. SSS. Yeah. And it's like that, is it, yeah, like the, a weird you, block shape. You, SS? you look it up and we'll have to post it. We'll have to post it. Yeah, um, go ahead. But I, it's easier for you to look it up instead of me describe it to you. Um, another thing too, you know, no one was keeping any records in these camps, right? Oh, so yeah. workers that were there, uh, that were part of the Nazi party or prisoners that were funneled in and funneled out. Mm-hmm. They, they had no clue who was who. Um, the only records that were kept would have been whatever the POWs had with them. And that was the prisoner of wars that we're talking about now, which would have been Joseph and all the other, you know, German soldiers. Mm-hmm. The Americans relied heavily on the German personnel to handle the administrative matters, right? This made sense because we didn't have any German-speaking soldiers, and I would imagine if we had some, they were few and far between. And so what does all that mean? Well, it's highly likely that no Americans had any direct contact with the prisoners. And at this time, there was no wanted list that had been provided. So there was no list that was going out to these um, camps saying, hey, 
look for these people. Oh, okay. These are, these are bad, bad, bad people. people. Mm-hmm. Look for these. So they didn't have anything like that at this time. They were coming in. They are trying to dissolve uh, everything that Hitler had done, trying to get rid of the camps, trying to make sure that the good guys are taken care taken of, care of yeah, and the yeah, bad yeah. guys are not taken care of. And all of this really creates a perfect storm and helps us to understand really how Joseph succeeded in staying unrecognized during his prisoner of war sure. days. Because if you just hear like, well, did you know that the U.S. had him in a POW camp? All right, pump the brakes, Tina. There's a little more to that story, okay? And at this time, the three doctors, mm-hmm. uh, Joseph and his two friends, were transferred to another camp for about two weeks. These camps had a fairly stable population, um, and food and water are beginning to become a concern, right? So you've got all these prisoners of war. You've got the Germans and the U.S. soldiers trying to understand who's who. Right. So it's panic. There's no There's no order to... to Oh, I'm sure really, it's complete chaos. Really going, yeah, yeah. There's no structure. Well, and you don't, you really can't prove who's who. Right. And <laughs> and the Americans, you guys, the American soldiers were exhausted. Right. So by the time the American soldiers got there, they had been deployed for, for possibly years. They had been fighting in other wars or mm-hmm. other whatever was going on. And at this point, they really struggled with what the true mission was. They lacked motivation and they lacked training. So... Perfect storm of like just kind of picturing your mind what's going on there. I think about walking into into a new job where nobody knows what the hell's happening. Right, yeah, you're like, exactly. What do I do? Right. <clears throat> and at this time, you know, this camp, they start to kind of repeat the same thing as we already talked about. They're inspecting for this SS tattoo. If they do find a prisoner of war with this tattoo, they pull them aside. And, you know, then there's another interview process that happens with those guys. Um, if there's no tattoo and there's nothing suspicious in their paperwork, if they have paperwork, they're released. Um, if there were questions that were raised by, uh, if there were questions that were raised, they would be interrogated by an officer. And if questions still remained, they would be transferred to a higher authority for different interrogations. These camps had a very high turnover. So over 2000 prisoners were being processed and released in the month of July alone. Good grief. So you guys, they were sucking them in, pushing them out. Mm-hmm. And again, you've got the tired soldiers, lack of processes. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. No, I'm sure it's like, okay, you look good. Get out. Yeah. Look, look good. Get you, out. Don't, you don't look like a murderer. Yeah, no, just get I, out. Just get out. Get out. Right. And, and it gets a little confusing here. So, so stay with me. So in the early, in the month of August, early in August, Joseph is discharged with one of his buddies, Ullman, right? Who was in the... Okay, the he was... Yep. And Ullman would later state, and this would have been many years later, right? Mm-hmm. That Joseph was discharged under his own name. However, there is a discharge record believed to be Joseph's... There's a discharge record that's mm-hmm. believed to be um, under an alias. Okay, so it's, it's, it's Mengele under an alias. Right. Got it. Um, but... Let's kind of back up and understand the chain of events and how his, you know, exchange his, try to understand how his discharge um, can be explained. Mm-hmm. We talked about the chaotic conditions, the procedures that were employed to discharge the prisoners of war, uh, the safeguards that, that were used to try to prevent the release of war criminals and suspects. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was announced prior to his release that food and water were running very low and there was little time left before rations would be completely depleted. In a letter uh, that Eisenhower received from these camps, um, 
<clears throat> it stated, these disarmed forces will either need to be fed or released, at which point it was asked for approval from Eisenhower to authorize immediate release. So because you're starving, we're going to let you go. Right. So the camps did not have enough food and water sure. to to con- to stay in to stay in business, right? For mm-hmm. however that sounds, they couldn't afford. Yeah, they well, they couldn't afford to keep them alive. So yeah. it's okay. You're let's not start my, getting these assholes yeah, out of here. I was gonna say a liability. Yeah. Um, we're gonna go ahead and let you go. Fend for yourself. It's kind of like you know, um, you know, the COVID and the jail situation. Yeah. You know, uh, you're gonna get COVID. So uh, peace out. Let's start. Let's start letting let's, people go. <laughs> peace out. And we don't. We may not necessarily do a, a deep dive into what you did, yeah, because uh, there's no time. Yeah, so exactly. Let's let a whole bunch of violent criminals out. Well, so Eisenhower did not approve this. Oh, okay. However, good. he did approve. Let's just start. Let's expedite the discharge process. Let's start. Let's start making this happen. Let's start discharging prisoners, not a mass. Uh huh. But I wonder know. what they did to expedite it, though. Right. <laughs> I mean. Right. Adding, you know, he adding adding to release prisoners that were over fifty, and certain uh, prisoners, respective of their government, could be released. Right. So if you're from France or from Belgium or something like okay, that. Okay. Yeah. Somebody so there was criteria yeah. that these guys had to meet now. Sure. To to speed up this process. Okay. But when you look at thousands, I mean, if you're releasing two thousand people a month, but it, well, and the thing is, is how can you prove that I'm from France <laughs> or I'm from Belgium? Well, so you know, like not everybody was like Joseph and threw his papers away. No, 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 I understand. But, but it, so those people were like, here's my papers. And you, sure. don't, you don't have anything to hide. But but if you were trying to hide something... Right. There was just... There was not fingerprinting at that time, yeah, if yeah, I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. Well, and, and there was no... There was no, hey, we're looking for so-and-so I was list. getting ready to say, so it doesn't matter. It, you Because you have no criteria... I mean, you could say, yes, I'm from Germany, and I didn't want to be in this war. I was forced... Blah, blah, blah. I mean, no one can prove that you did anything horrible. Right. Even, and, even and Joseph even at this his friends point. were, right. like, not saying anything, right? Right. And I, and I don't know what, I, what I'm not clear on is it, the, the two guys that he was with during the yeah. prisoner, um, during the, his POW time, mm-hmm. if they knew what he did in Auschwitz. Right. I, that I don't know. It wasn't clear that either one of them were with him there that... One he knew before. It doesn't sound like anybody knew what he was really, his, no, the capability time. or what it's he should of, have been culpable for. It's yeah. kind of starting starting to come out, right? Right. So, so the fact that they're, you know, they put these processes in place and if you meet this criteria, you mm-hmm. can you can go and we're expediting. It didn't decrease the anxiety that the military personnel had at the POW camps. And another letter went out sometime later. I don't know how much time later. And at this time... A dismanment directive was issued. Uh, a general discharge of prisoners of war, except those in the automatic arrest category. So SS men and war criminals. Yeah. So at that point, if you had that tattoo, you, you're... You're automatic. Yeah. You're automatic. Um, yeah. And if you're a war criminal, what I don't know is how they were able to determine who was a war criminal. Unless you just right. had a really proud soul. It's like, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Hitler! <laughs> right. And at this point, the German prisoners prisoners began to be released very rapidly. Okay. So now we start to talk a little bit about the wanted lists because they're dissolving the the camps like Auschwitz. 
they're starting to talk to people. Now they're really, as all this is going on, they're starting to understand who do we, who's responsible for this outside of Hitler, right? Mm -hmm. Who else is the bad guys? So the United Nations War Crimes Commission issued a series of wanted lists that named individuals sought for war crimes by other countries. So Joseph is already, you know, working on getting out of these POW camps. And then these wanted lists are just starting to take shape and forming. List number eight, because they had several, did have Joseph's name on it ah. as wanted by the Polish authorities. However, it's highly unlikely that this list ever reached the units responsible for running the POW camps. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's just some list out there somewhere. That was... <laughs> it's floating around. That was one of the... The, the biggest heartburns that I had was there were actually people who were working on this list. Um, and at one point, the commander of one of the camps was completely unfamiliar <laughs> of the United Nations War Crimes Commissions and that a list had ever been issued. Oh, my God. So, so this they form this, this commission right was formed because of what happened sure and nobody knows about it that makes no sense talk about yeah communication issues it's terrible <laughs> it's terrible and i guess then you're writing a letter or you're going to drive 400 miles or i don't right. know what you, you know i'm going to hop on a horse and i don't know what you're patting charlie at whatever's going on but it's not like you can very quickly send an email sure. at that time no no so i can i can not well, condoning it but i can see how this was how he slipped the, the perfect craps. storm. Crap. Somehow. Craps. Yeah. How he slipped through the crap. I, yeah. That's fair. I like it. It is crap. It is absolutely well, I mean, crap. Well, not only that, but can you imagine his multiple aliases? Yeah. I mean, he's not going, even if they had his name, he's still going to slip through the cracks because he had so many aliases. Right. So if he, ha however, it would have been a one and done. Sure. If he had that SS tattoo. Let me say that. Maybe not a one and done, but it would have been. They would have known something. They up. would have like, they would have been. The, yeah. You're, you're That's something shitty. to go on. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. So then another allied organization was spun up, right? So everybody, I, I imagine this time like herding cats, like you're running around <laughs> with your hair on fire. <laughs> we're spinning up a bunch of organizations and we're going to do something awesome. Mm -hmm. And you're not communicating with whoever the fuck else is doing whatever they're supposed to be doing. Right. And now you've got shit piled up on a desk somewhere. Mm, sounds about right. So the allied organization, another, another allied organization was spun up with the sole purpose of listing and locating uh, these war criminals, which they know that there are criminals out there and they're putting these lists together. What do we do with this list? Right. And how do we find them? Right. And so this, this organization was called, okay, it's kind of long. Central Registry of War Criminals and Security Suspects, uh, CROCAS. Yeah, it's terrible. It was set up in Paris, and, and it was set up at, by the end of 1944. Okay. It was completely set up. But is it, is it run by, I guess, the France government? It, you know, you had so many different... You had Polish, right. you had uh, Italy, I think. Yep. Um, and Paris and another uh, couple of, of countries that were spinning up their own because everybody wanted justice. Right. No, I get it. But also, I, I'm just curious who is the, it, it sounds like just a really bad project oh, <laughs> because terrible. you've got like, who's, who's taking ownership here? I don't, who owns what? It was, it was at this point, you've got 18,000 groups that are trying to find justice but nobody's got yeah. some overarching okay 
here's here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do, and these ha- this is how we're going to find these people. And 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 America didn't start really jumping on the bag- bandwagon of trying to track down and find people until many years later. Oh no, I know that's so this, that and they, they were just there as like mind. backbone. You know, like they were just there as like, look, look hey, look. we're here to help. Thank you. Not my monkeys. Not my circus. We're, gonna <laughs> We're just going to wait and see how this pans out. Right. You guys try first. Well, this Crowcast organization. Ow. Oh, God. Was, guys, that was my elbow. That was a uh, good thing elbow to the desk. I was going to say, we're going to another drink here in a minute. I know. We may need to take a, a quick break. And if we do, I'll do the dun, dun, dun. Okay. All right. So this organization, like the other before, the others before, mm-hmm. did not get off to a good start. There was insufficient management, shocker, and resources, <laughs> yes. and it caused it to be completely ineffective during the first year. And it was, and this was the time that it was most needed, clearly, right? So the, right. the same shit that's causing this organization to, to not be effective is, is essentially what we have been looking at and dealing with since Joseph was a POW. Right. Uh, the the first wanted list was begun was begun. I like your grammar. Do you? <laughs> no, that's horrible. <laughs> Do you? The first the first list. wanted list fucking started <laughs> in July of nineteen forty five. That's how she feels about me correcting her grammar. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, ma'am, you forgot the period here. <laughs> thanks, Karen. <laughs> I was gonna say thanks, Karen. <laughs> Moving right along. I've changed my name to Karen this morning. <laughs> this afternoon now. So this list included. The list from the United Nations War Crimes Commission. However, the most important part of creating these lists is making sure that they get disseminated and sent, like we talked about before. Sure, sure. And and as of October of 1945, so you guys, how long, like our maths. So this list was still not completed and it still not was sent anyone. So clearly they were production and distribution problems along with other issues that plagued all of these organizations. Oh my God! Did, was the mail not working? Like, what's the what's the situation know. here? I don't know what was like. What was that phone? Where you just, yeah, just, know, just like, right. like, hey, hey, guess what? I'm Flora. Hey, guess what? Connect me to uh, Carrie Simmons, please. Yeah, right. Like, hey, guess what? We are working on a list. Um, um, hang tight. I got it coming. I, if I have to, I'll read you some fucking names. No, <laughs> these guys were stupid. Clearly, so mismanaged. No, it's and, and no women were involved. Absolutely not. Clearly. Because clearly. we would have at least communicated. She would have done by now. We'd had everybody. Like, look, he just doesn't sit right with me. My sixth sense, like, my, my spidey senses are My gut me. is bothering me. This, this guy needs to go to the chamber. Put him, yep. Put him over there. We got to have him. <laughs> Trust me. We'll, we'll get it out of him. We'll just put him on, put him on some ice right now. <laughs> hold, hold tight. <laughs> so, mismanagement, confusion on the mission completely undermined the oh, potential value complete of, chaos. It's bothering of me. all of these. It makes my right, skin itch. Yeah, like my, my heart's palpitating right, right now. In addition, many of its intended users continue to doubt its accuracy and reliability and ultimately... Well, yeah, it's like passing a spreadsheet back and forth 18,000 fucking times. Which one is the right version right. at this point? Could we all stop... Stop making changes to their own spreadsheet. <laughs> Thank you. Please. I deal with this daily. This is so I hope they listen to this. So they, they hear your pain. <laughs> We're touching the damn spreadsheet. Your eyes just look so creepy there. <laughs> I was like, what happened? Oh, but no, the latest one is with uh, CC um, at the end. No, no, oh, no. Oh, guess what? It's like, but oh, I've got the date <laughs> and my initials. That one's mine. Oh, 45 emails later. Thanks. 
fuckers. Oh my God. My ears are burning because this is a common occurrence in my life. They are red. And your neck is red. So Chrissy, you guys, Chrissy, like, she has very sensitive skin. And she can think about something that pisses her off. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on over there? Because her ears are like 50 shades of red. Her chest and her neck is like on fire. I'm sorry. You can literally, I have, when we used to work together, Chrissy would come up and like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> and she'd slam her goddamn laptop around. Oh my God, y'all don't understand. The passing back of spreadsheets just triggered me. It's just a trigger. <laughs> She's triggered. <laughs> All right, so we're going to um, pause right here for just a second. Um, I'll give you I a little need, bit of a palate I cleanser. I don't have um, I don't have a buzz yet. I've got a mini baby buzz. Um, I need a bigger buzz. Well, kidding. As a palate cleanser. I'm sorry. I just need some water. That's what I was meant to say. Yeah, that's not the palate cleanser. But as a palate cleanser, um, think about how you would use a spreadsheet <laughs> and pass that information back and forth not and keep it, it updated. Smart sheet. Thank you. I they are not a sponsor of um, Stas Macab, but well, I on that. I will. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Smart Sheet, look it up. It is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> it is. It is. And we're back, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We have our mimosas and our. I'm sorry, we have our palate cleansers. Yeah. So, um, ah man, brain fart after the release. Yes. From the POW camp. So this is where we're where we're at now. We're talking about. After the POW camps, Joseph has been released. Um, shortly after his release from these camps, he visits a farm, and he, the owner of the farm is Frau Otil. Frau. Frau Otil Miller. I'm just going to say Mrs. Miller. Yeah, yeah, Frau. Frau. Um, it was around 1945. I'm not sure. I think it was like the, the closer to the end of 1945. And his intent here was to visit an old friend, Dr. Albert Miller. Um, and Mrs. Miller would later recall that she remembered Joseph's visit and she was interviewed 30 years after. Interesting. Why? Yeah. That's a long time after. Yeah. So now at this time, I think is about the time that the United States is starting to do their own Own, investigation. Mm -hmm. Now they're starting to put, I don't want to say a warrant, but like a, a, he's wanted now. He's not only wanted by several countries. It took him long enough. Yeah. It took, took us a while. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, basically what she recalls is that he stays for a couple to a few hours to visit and have lunch. He shared some stories, uh, about his POW days and his experiences and his overall journey. She claims that in his possession, he had two discharge certificates. So we're talking about his discharge papers from the POW camp. Uh huh. One had his name and one had another name. What was the other name? Do we, we know? get there? Oh, okay. I don't have it right in front of me. Okay. Um, but I, I will tell you in just a minute. Um, so after Joseph left, he ran into another friend slash farmer, and he acquired a bike. And I say acquired because I'm not sure. <laughs> Whether it was sure given it to him. Yeah, right. or he stole it. I, I think it was, you know, I think it was given to him, but I'm, I'm not, I can't re- quite recall. But at this point... He was starting to get worried. He's knowing, he knows in his head, like he, he did some dirty shit and he didn't want to carry two discharge papers in case he was, you know, in case he ran into a, a checkpoint, uh-huh. Russian, American, whoever. Show me your papers. So he decides to hide one of the discharge papers in the handlebars of the bike. 
Hmm. And when he gave up the bike, he forgot about it. And, of course, it's never been found. Can you imagine Holy finding shit. that bike? Oh, it's I know. Probably oh, it's probably gone. Long, gone, long, gone. long, but, gone. But can you imagine? Wow. Like, I, I want to, I want some government funding. To go look for the bike? People, and I will find those fucking papers. <laughs> Mark my words. Because I feel nothing, certain it's probably in a landfill somewhere. Nothing. You know how women are. Like, we will find some shit when we want to find it. That's fair. <laughs> so <laughs> from here he travels to Gunsberg, um, and that's his hometown. Mm-hmm. And again, we're still in 1945. Um, there was some. There was at one time widespread belief, and this was much later, that Joseph lived openly in his hometown and freely, and that it was permitted by the U.S. authorities. Mm. So I did some digging here. Um, of course, there were, you know, considerable resources assigned to get to the bottom of this from the government perspective. Sure. Um, to determine what really happened. Uh, in addition, there was a rumor that there was a conspiracy that the U.S. allowed him to stay there willingly. So th- I didn't realize this before I started doing this research, research, but there was there's a lot of conspiracy and a lot of people who think that the U.S. government allowed him to stay there. I don't buy that. I don't buy it either, especially after bullshit. especially after I read the memo in the notes. Yeah, no, I I don't I don't buy that for a second. So if you recall, and I know this was back from our our first episode, but if you recall, in his hometown, uh, where he's from, his father and his family owned a, a lucrative right. business. Right. right. One of the U.S. commanders in charge of the denazification. I love that word. <laughs> say it. Just say it. Doesn't it sound awesome? Denazification. <laughs> Damn it, Chrissy. Denazification. Denazification. Doesn't that, doesn't that just roll it right just off rolls tongue? off the tongue I mean, after you do it a couple after times? After you do it a couple times. <laughs> Which was literally like it's it's what it sounds. It's yeah. undoing everything that Hitler and the Nazis did. Mm-hmm. And this this involved I didn't realize what all involved. It involved turning on water, it involved turning on electricity, it mm. involved opening schools and hospitals. Your basic your basic fundamental needs, yes right? that needs a society uses to uh, and involve, survive <laughs> yeah opening other businesses god what a so, piece of shit like so, i just oh that the shit that he did is uh, it's terrible he terrible. is a monster but anyway so this commander remembers in an interview later that he met carl mangle which was Joseph's father. Dad, okay. And he remembered him mentioning that he had a son who was an SS doctor. Mm. But he could not recall taking any action towards the doctor, and he stressed that he had no action to do, and he was unaware that his son was a war criminal. So this U.S. commander says, yes, I was there, Mm -hmm. and yes, I talked to Joseph's dad, Carl, but I had no direction. I never met Joseph. Yeah, you never knew. And I, you know, I had no clue. So what we can conclude from all of this is kind of really what I was saying, um, is that Joseph was not of substantial significance at this time to the U.S. personnel that was stationed there, and that it was not protected by the U.S. personnel. So they had they had no clue. He wasn't protected, right? And they weren't looking for him. I don't even think that they knew he was there. I was going to say, it feels to me like they just didn't even know he was around. Yeah. The commander says, "Hey, we were one hundred percent unaware." of any war crimes and we did not search for him aggressively which makes sense but i mean especially when you had so many people that were war criminals yeah so many i i guarantee you there were more people that 
you know, did worse than he did. Hitler. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just saying there's there's multiple criminals during this war. <clears throat> there there that, are. He he is one of the worst, though. Yeah. Well, but that I've heard of. Yeah, sure. I mean, but yeah, just yeah. Okay, so so over the next year or so, he starts to bounce around from his hometown. This guy, he's got the balls the size of I I got nothing like tires. He's <laughs> he's bouncing around. He's in U.S. zones. He's in Soviet zones, and he's you know until August uh, of 1948 to around April 1949. Ugh. So this is several years after his release, and he's just bouncing around all over the place. Sure, because nobody's actively brass really, balls. Yeah, well, and it doesn't seem like we're actively pursuing. Him. Well, and and you know he is stressing about his whereabouts, which. He should be. He's losing sleep, and he's really trying to stay hidden and under the radar. But there was no need for him to do that because, you know... There's no radar. No one's, no one's really looking for <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no fucking radar. And while he was wanted, he was on no one's radar because there were no specific instructions on how to locate him. Um, and the issues we mentioned earlier regarding the, those wanted lists. So they're still dealing with this years later mm-hmm. and of course you know i can't imagine i can't imagine what the survivors and families yeah we're thinking were feeling, yeah yeah right? yeah so there's there um there were also some erroneous reports that he had passed away there were actually a couple people who had come out and said that they had killed him they shot him and oh of course him. they did so there's all sorts of shit <laughs> yeah there's yeah so you know let's talk about how he gets out of europe so we know that he we know that there were chaotic post-war conditions and it enabled many war criminals, not just Joseph, right? Many war criminals to escape justice and join the steady flow of refugees that started to uh, migrate uh, to the Western Hemisphere, right? <clears throat> so it wasn't just Joseph. There were a shit ton of people that were taken Right, off. yeah, they were just hauling ass. Many, prisoner, many prisoners as well as civ- civilians succeeded in escaping. In addition, there was a widespread use of false IDs, sugar, and, and discharge papers or a complete lack of Right. Them. I've right. lost my papers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I promise. Was I, I supposed to keep that? My bad. <laughs> See? These. And I didn't think about this, but it makes sense now. These documents were on the black market. Well, duh. I didn't think I they had gonna, a black market then. Well, I was going to say earlier, like, surely people are falsifying documents. Oh, yeah. How easy would it be to falsify a Especially then. Here's a fucking piece of paper. Right? There's right. no trademark or water, right. whatever they we do. trace the lines on the other one. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, many of the people that participated in the, the Nazi war crimes had not been identified. Mm-hmm. So, again, very easy to blend in. No doubt. I mean, that's what I would have done. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely. Or maybe not any of it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, if I were <laughs> running from the law. Oh, yeah. I'd have tossed my shit. I wouldn't have kept anything. I'd have been Susie Q, whatever. Mute. <laughs> I'd have been Q mute. Beatrice. <laughs> Beatrice. Beatrice. Um, so, it was almost impossible to patrol the vast mountainous areas that... Uh, Joseph was traveling through to get to the border and to get on a ship to mm-hmm. get to the 
you know, the Western Hemisphere. And there was also no shortage of people who wanted to help refugees. Oh, I was going to say, so everybody's wanting to help. Everybody wants to help. Get yeah. in your boat. Let's go help somebody. Right. <clears throat> so here's the route that Joseph took with the assistance of his family. So his family was sending him money. Mm, yeah. Um, as well as some friends and people that he met along the way. Because, of course, he's a refugee. Uh, I'm sure he didn't share with everybody. Oh yeah, that the I sold some that people together. Auschwitz, yeah, right? yeah, impregnated a couple people and God, killed them. Could you yeah. imagine? No, I could not imagine carrying a child. No. Ugh. So from Bavaria, he moved south into Austria. He crossed over into Italy at Brenner and made his way to Genoa. And I hope I pronounced that correctly. Sounds right. So from there, he caught a ship to Argentina. Argentina. Yep, Argentina. And Joseph describes this escape as an un... Basically, that no one helped him. It's unassisted from any one person, any nation. Um, I'm sorry, from any nation. But it was sponsored by his family and his friends. Sure. So there wasn't a, a state or a nation that Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. That were like, oh, let's help Joseph get out. Right. Sure. And, and again, so I can say that he stated this is because, just a quick reminder, you guys. He had... He wrote in diaries... Mm-hmm. And he left them when he died, or either he gave them, I can't remember, to his son. And his son kept them for a long time and then turned them over. Uh, good for him. Um, so he was able to obtain a passport from the Red Cross, as well um, exit papers and many other types of forms that he needed for his travels. So whatever he needed, he was able to get with some money and like, I'm sorry, I don't know who I am. Right. I can't remember my name. Sorry. While he was in Italy, he was like, it just gets crazier. While he was in Italy, he was arrested uh, because the person interviewing him thought he committed crimes against Italian prisoners of war. Oh, okay. And so while we know that he was guilty of horrendous crimes. It wasn't against Italians. There, well, I, I mean, I did not see the names in there at all, but. Yeah, no, it was not against Italians. Obviously, um, you know, we know he was guilty of horrendous crimes. Their investigation was mm. inconclusive, and ultimately, he was released. And of course, and of course, the Italians likely, had, know, likely, yeah. they clearly had no clue of who he was. Yeah, clearly. Um, and so he gets Joseph gets a ticket on the North Queen, which is the ship that he's going to take overseas, and he and the Italian government upgraded to first class. Oh my God! To make amends. For his arrest. Oh, my God. I don't want to say it, but it feels like he was meant to to get away. Like, it just is too, too close, too many close calls. Like, how? who is that lucky? Are you kidding me? I could breathe somebody's air to be like, all right, here you go. Here she is. Yeah. Come and get her. That is, that is insane. Gah. Here's your first class ticket for killing some folks. Sewing a couple it's, bodies together. I hope this fucker's Ugh. soul is sitting in a pit somewhere and he's going through the most terrible thing that can happen oh, to somebody yeah, he's in the being afterlife. Sewn next, you know, he's being sewn to somebody. I just, I, I just. <laughs> he did, yeah, somebody is doing to him what he did to They're others. taking over. I just, man. Hopefully. So. So Joseph gets to Argentina in 1949. So you guys, he's been out of the POW camp for what? Four or, four or five, five years, years now? Yeah. Um, and he's using an alias, Helmut Gregor. Not Helmet, Helmut. Helmut. Helmut yeah, Gregor. Yeah, Helmut. 
German name though. Yeah. So he's able to travel freely under this alias. He goes to Switzerland. He goes to West Germany. Like he's all over the place. He's all over the place. Doing a little light traveling. So (laughs) from Argentina. Right. So now it's 1956. Um, He's starting to kind of relax a little bit. Not a lot. He still does carry some anxiety. He he still is being cautious. But he's living his helmet. But he's he's living his helmet. He's living it as Gregor. Um, he's traveling under his alias. And at this time, he applies and he receives an Argentine identity card under his real name. <gasps> from Argentina. Okay, wait. Yep. How did that happen if he wasn't using his real name? Well, he... He he's, applied he's, yeah, under he applies, Joseph. Applies under Joseph Mengele. Now, what I, he really does have some balls. Yeah, it's like, oh, no one's gonna know who I am. Yeah, I'm in free country. Wait, wait. So it kind of comes out a little bit more about his oh. his life in Argentina. I mean, I'm I'm shocked, but and so by all accounts, his time in Argentina was relatively comfortable and free from fear. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, his family is funding. Oh, fund, I was gonna say they're they're sending him money. So. Right, and and. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so in 1959 he moves from argentina to paraguay Mm -hmm. i hope i pronounced that correctly using his real name and he applies for citizenship and he receives it in november of 1959 so he is now a he's got dual citizen of paraguay or okay okay of and in argentina yeah okay and so i wanted to note here that in 1959 is how long it took a german government arrest warrant was finally issued thank god yeah, 1959. And so Germany is actually arresting their own yeah. because he was such a piece of shit. Yeah, Germany is saying, hey, we got to get this fucker. Yeah. So also, Joseph develops very... Cl- <laughs> he develops very close ties with high-ranking officials in Par- Paraguay, right? And and I'm saying his, this, family his money, family right? Sending, yep, yep. And they got to have some... They got to have some money, money. Well, they were, had a lucrative business. They, they had that they, business. They did. And I can't remember what business it was. But. It was um, manufacturing farm equipment. That's right. That's right. Okay. So when I think about like family business, I don't think about that kind of family, family business. business. Yeah, but yeah, this but was in the dollar. Different times, yeah. maybe. So in May of 1960, Joseph goes underground. And it's believed he moved to Brazil in the fall of, of 60. And he does this because his colleagues are starting to get arrested and they're starting to get hanged for, for their crimes. Mm-hmm. And now he's starting to see, oh, shit, oh, I could be one of them. The, yeah. Oh, how the wheels of justice turn. Right. So the U.S. begins to apply a ton of pressure, right? So while he's he's living freely and, and under his own alias, shit's still kind of getting out, right? Right. So the U.S. starts to apply pressure to, to Paraguay. And in 1979, they revoke his citizenship. I mean, it only took, what, I was going to say, well, can they not, like, years? just ex- find him and extradite him? Um, they were trying. Okay, and they yeah. just didn't because he was underground. Yeah. Right. Um, and they claimed that he had been absent for too long. That's why they they revoked, revoked his citizenship. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that. Right? Yeah, I don't think... No. So what can we conclude from all this information? Uh, throughout his residence in South America, Joseph was in consistent contact with family and, in fr- and friends from his hometown. He was able to travel... Um, on a flight at one point to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he was able to do that because of the support that he received from his family. And, you know, this allowed him to live as freely as you can, right? Mm-hmm. One source mentioned that uh, the government officials in Brazil knew 
that a Nazi war criminal resided in their town and nothing was done about it. And um, I'm speculating here, but I believe it's due to his connections and the family money. They just kept funneling it in. Yeah. Yeah. And as Joseph ages, he starts to get bitter. He starts to get angry. And oftentimes he was very much in a foul mood. He's complaining. He's frustrated. He's, you know, he's an honorary old fucktard. Right? So, um, so just recapping really quickly. Mangale, using the alias, travels from Italy to Argentina in 1949. In November of 1956, he openly presenting himself to the embassy of the Federal Republic of Germany in uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, and he obtains an identity card under his true name from Argentina Authority. Um, He lives openly and freely. In 1958, he marries um, for the second time under his legal birth name. Okay, so he's married under Joseph. Yeah. Okay. In 1959, he was granted a certificate under his birth name in Paraguay. Okay. And in 1979, that's revoked. Okay. And, you know, these, all these facts are substantiated based on his diaries and based on what they actually could pull from from records. Okay. So, So those are facts. Okay. So, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, to uh, February of 1979, San Paulo's hottest months. Um, Joseph was hot. Apparently, he was disgruntled, and he wanted to cool off. So he went with some friends to Bossert's, which is a which is a beach in the area. And I probably butchered that name. In the late afternoon, he took a dip uh, in the in the Atlantic, and ten minutes later, he was fighting for his life. Oh wow! So a stroke, he had a stroke in the water. Good. Um, It paralyzed one side of the body. And by the time they were able to pull pull him to the shore, he was dead. Oh, wow. Now, I mean, that's the easy way out. That's the easy way out. Yeah. And his body laid in Mm. this spot from when they pulled him from the ocean until until it was dark. And, Uh you know, it took that long for the police to get there and to take him to the morgue. Wow. He was he was buried in Brazil. Family and friends and even local Brazil government did not share information with investigators. Brazil did not want there to be a huge scandal. Um, and friends and family were still trying to protect him right. even after death. Because they don't want to be like, oh, Brazil protected him and he was able to live here Th- this, undetected this, for however long. Right. This yeah. is me speculating. Yeah. But you cannot convince me otherwise that Brazil did not know that they had a, a war criminal living there. Sure. And and it was because his family was giving him giving them giving money. Giving them money. Right. So the, the search for, for Joseph went on for many years before investigators knew about <laughs> knew about his death. Like, even in death, this motherfucker is getting away right. with shit. That's crazy. But eventually they were able to close in. They located a skeleton that they uh, thought was Joseph Mengele, and it was later identified as Joseph Mengele. Wait, so they found a skeleton where? Well, they so through their investigations, they, okay. they realized that they they get they get word sure. that he's dead. Okay, and he's here, and so they send a team of people in Brazil to Brazil. Okay, to to dig him up essentially. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, got it. So the the search for Joseph turned from hunting a Nazi war criminal to hey we have evidence very strong evidence to suggest that he's dead and we're gonna look for a body for a body yeah. yeah okay 
So there was painstaking research, forensic examinations, all the stuff you do uh, that determined, in fact, that the skeleton was found to be Joseph. And this didn't happen in a, like, it took many months for them to, because right around the time, I think DNA was starting to kind of flourish and, and, and come into its own. I was so going to say, were, so this is like in the 90s? This is this is much, much later. I think late okay. 80s, early 90s, yeah. God. And so, you know, at first they, they, they measured bones. They looked for, you know, whatever they could identify as uh, maybe birth defects in his, sure. what, in his remains. And then they thought that there were some consistencies, but nothing really stood out to say, hey, this 100% could be him okay. until they did the DNA. Right. Once this information was shared with the governments that were looking for him, so it was Israel, it was mm-hmm. Germany. I, I think there was one more, but I can't recall right now. Um, they all agreed that uh, that he was dead, mm-hmm. and they all closed uh, all the cases, like all, just all the case? cases in the investigation oh. and, the, and their searches. So I mean, basically, he just got to live. He he did, and I I, I want to say I I feel there's no justice. There's no justice. Mm-mm. And I'm not I'm not defending what he did at all, but I think he really thought that he was engaged in a cutting edge scientific endeavor. Right? I really I, I I think he thought that not not the whole racial cleansing thing. Uh-huh. I think he thought that he was gonna find something that was gonna make him from a science perspective, from sure. a medical perspective, like Awesome. He was going to be in an encyclopedia somewhere, like he said. Yeah. When he was, you're going to read about me in the papers. Well, we are. Yeah, but not, like not that. in the way. Yeah, you wanted. He, you know, he claims he was carrying out the orders that were given to him, and until the day he died, he defended that. And uh, you know, I said this earlier. As a matter of fact, outside of Auschwitz, he never hurt anyone. He never hurt anybody that we know of. That's fair. That's that's fair. Um, he, his son claimed, so his son did have a conversation with him when one time after, uh-huh. uh, after Auschwitz and his son, I think was grown and married and had kids. Um, he claimed that his son shared that he said that his orders, uh, he, he was following orders. Right. So right. He, he claimed that, you know, his pick of the prisoners who could, he picked the prisoners who could work. And those who couldn't, he would send to the death chambers or the gas chambers because they were sick. Um, and that his father claimed that he actually saved thousands of Bullshit. lives what? just by doing his job. I'm sorry, but what people is he? I mean, nobody should have had to go through any of it, period. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't understand whatever. his logic there. Yeah, me either. But, but he, he's got to be able to sleep at night. Well, and so his son, his son... <laughs> Did did say that he didn't he didn't condone anything that his father did. However, sure. you do because you protected him. Oh no! And yeah. you never turned him in. And he never. There's no justice here. And I don't know that there's justice anywhere. Sure. No. Clearly and not for the any, people. At any time, that died by his hands. Yeah. yeah. But there. But there's. Like he got to live the rest of his life. Yeah. The way he wanted to. And all the stars align for this fucker. Yeah. No, it's 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 really sad, but I, you know, shit happens. Um, that's true. Shit and I, happen. I mean, I got nothing. Shaka I, I, happens. Yeah, it just that's horrible. 
And there's no justice for those families, but that's why I say, and and we'll never know, but I hope, I hope he is living his worst afterlife. Agreed. Agreed. Well, so thank you. That was very well researched. Thank you very much. Um, Hey, I know. Pat on your back. Pat on your back. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Ching, ching. Hope I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed doing the research on this one. Um, yeah, it it was a very interesting case. I like the older stuff. Sometimes you I, just and I'm just I'm still baffled and and kind of reading through my notes because I haven't read them in several days. I got I got pissed off all over again. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, it's something to piss you off. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, you should get another episode um, here shortly. Yeah, um, that's right. So we're um, gonna be doing back to back episodes. Back to back, because uh, we gotta get our shit updated. That's right. Um, yeah. So if you go to the website, it's probably not updated. I gotta get um, our website guy to to fix it. But next episode is a crazy one, um, and oh, yeah. can't wait to go through it. It's probably gonna be a two parter. Um, I just not just, a- three part there's just so She's got a fucking book here it's just so much information and um it's it's crazy it's a psychological mind fuck oh, to be honest I'm with you so um so yeah so stay tuned for um part one of uh Jenner bordeaux is that how you pronounce her oh wow a Gerdo. sorry i don't know i'm not even gonna try it i said bordeaux what happened to fucking smith I mean, come on. Sorry, I got nothing. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so stay tuned. Um, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.